0: Doing here in Somerville anyway.
1: We're completely broke. And our grandfather left us this creepy old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere.
0: Your father wasn't much of a homemaker. He could hardly keep the power on. You're saying he left us nothing? Well, I wouldn't say nothing.
1: Why should you never trust an Adam? Because they make up everything.
2: Oh! Oh! It's the good, the bad, the watchable. We're going right into it. Boyle. I don't know if you thought that was just the dresser hustler or not, but we're going, let's do this. Thing. <laughs> well, Here's the deal. Boyle's currently live driving on 95 or 195. Rather. I tell You're on 44 now. Uh, it, it feels like uh, Boyle is like live in the cop uh, the chopper, uh, telling us what the weather situation and the traffic out there. But uh, it's good, bad, watchable. We're here. It's vacation week for some of us. I'm here in Charleston, South Carolina. We got Mark and Boyle in Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Guys, let's get right to it. Uh, we got a, we got we got a lot going on this week, so we want everyone to enjoy their Thanksgiving week. So we're going to start off right now with a quote: Sir Ridley Scott blaming millennials for. The last duel bombing at the box office last month. And here's the quote, guys. He says, I think what it boils down to, what we've got today, are the audiences who were brought up on these effing cell phones. The millennium, the millennium, that's what he calls us, the millennium, do not ever want to be taught anything unless you're told it on a cell phone. This is a broad stroke, but I think we're dealing with it right now with Facebook. This is a misdirection that has happened where it's given the wrong kind of confidence to this latest generation, I think. There you go. Guys, your reaction to that quote, Mark. Your quick
3: thoughts. <laughs> I mean, like, what are we, what are we doing here? Just admit it. Like, you, you made a not good movie. That's why it was bad in the box office. It's not. It, it's not. It's like, oh, kids and their cell phones. No, you just you you were bad. it's <laughs> like I just want to like grab Ridley Scott, shake him, be like, confess, confess. You botched the movie. Because nobody nobody liked the way that it was presented. That was those were the complaints that I got. So like and these are people of all ages, not just those those darn millennials who keep screwing everything up with them with their phones.
2: Could you imagine if millennials what? actually bought tickets to go see Endgame? It would be like a four billion dollar movie instead of made a measly two billion.
3: No. Oh my God. Yeah, unbelievable. It's,
2: yeah. it's, like the fact that it was all boomers that saw that movie. Incredible. Boyle, uh, yeah. your reaction as a millennial, uh, is this true? Can you confirm?
1: Um, I can say comments like this piss me off <laughs> and I will stand that because us as millennials do a lot of movie watching and a lot of going to the movie theaters and we are a huge audience. Yes, but Okay. Why didn't all your boomers go watch it then? Like don't don't start throwing away, throwing around years and generations just because you made a terrible movie, like Mark said. I think that's just ridiculous. Take your fault, you made a bad movie, it didn't, it didn't work out well for you and move on. Or maybe it was a good movie, but people haven't gotten to it yet. Do you know how much PR other movies are doing that is on social media that all of our generations do see? And not for nothing, stop throwing out the Facebook. That's a boomer thing now. None of us really use Facebook anymore. So I just think what, what an asinine thing to just throw out there. You know what? Just, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that movie when we tweeted the writer and he got wicked hurt about it. Yeah. <laughs> like it just goes to show you because you're small and your movie wasn't great that you're just going to complain and point fingers at anyone you can. But
2: it's kind of sad. It is frustrating because that is Sir Ridley Scott, great movie maker. No denying that, has made some stone cold classics in his day, but
3: yeah, well, some, you know what? I've, I've heard this quote used by football coaches many times, right? It's like, uh, you gotta be able to handle some adversity. Sometimes, you know what? You threw a pick on this one, pal. You turned the ball over. This (laughs) wasn't good. Right? Not every place a touchdown. You botched it. Like it's just, (laughs) you had a really interesting story and you chose to tell it in a really dumb way. That's not my fault. That's your fault. Ridley admit
2: i would love to be going to see movies like i did five years ago just the reality i i have no evidence to back this up i just honestly feel like there are so many entertainment options these days so like everyone's really really busy you know kind of like to you know after what happened last year now everyone's way more busy and has less time for those things hey man guess what things are gonna slip through the cracks so had to mention this since we're a movie podcast so and Thank you, guys. Again, we jumped into it. I I didn't even ask how you guys are doing. You guys doing well? You doing good?
3: (laughs) I'm I'm doing great over here.
2: Sounds good. Boyle, you doing well? How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. I'm driving between the lines. Let's keep it going.
2: That's right. All right. So speaking of keeping it going, Boyle kept it going this very day. Here we are on Monday, November 22nd. He saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mark, I saw Mark on Thursday night. He had seen Ghostbusters Afterlife on opening night. Ghostbusters Afterlife, when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connections, their connection to the original Ghostbusters, ever heard of them, and The Secret Legacy their grandfather left behind. This was directed by Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the original Ghostbusters, so family tie-in there. Uh, written by Gil Keenan, Jason Reitman, Dan Aykroyd, you know, he gets some story credit there. Stars Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard, a bunch of other people as well. Uh, let's start with Boyle on this one, because you just saw it, Boyle, Ghostbusters Afterlife. What did we think? dude
1: i'm amped up i'm not gonna lie like so going into this i was just expecting like okay i hope they don't ruin this for me i hope this just like you know it's just i i didn't know what to expect i really didn't you know the trailer kind of felt like it gave a good amount away it didn't it didn't you know i don't think it hurt it but it could have definitely maybe hit a little bit you know just for effects but whatever um, overall I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Uh, this is a, uh, this is the Boyle stamp of approval. This is a good movie. This is a fun movie. This is a funny movie. The jokes are great. The corniness is fun. I'll take it up like a big bowl of cereal. And, uh, yeah, I just, every, I had all the feels during this movie, all the feels. So I'm going to leave it at that. I got to still keep my review vague um but uh yes i i really did like this mark what'd you think
2: no mark i was gonna say uh you know as an addendum to leading up to mark's thing i don't even think i used addendum properly there and i I don't like
3: to say yeah but 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 no
2: one no one's gonna know
3: that just just cut that part out
2: keep rolling with it as an addendum to mark's intro here mark was our live on the scene reporter detailing uh opening night for the real neckbeards and fans of ghostbusters uh mark you were live on the scene what was it like
3: All right, let me tell you about Ghostbusters Afterlife on opening night at the IMAX. Providence Place, baby. God, it was, the crowd was good. Um, I think the theater paid these people to show up, but they had people with, like, awesome proton packs, like, full-blown movie set quality. And they were, like, setting them off. I was, like, I was very close to just going full beard and taking pictures with these guys. It was it was fun. Um, Boyle pretty much um, summed it up. I mean, it was really hard to not have a good time. This was wholesome family fun. Uh, the jokes were corny yet endearing. This was like by no means was this like a uh, tour de force of acting. No, these were people who clearly enjoyed the script and enjoyed making this movie though right yep. and we all know uh how popular the original is and doing a it's let's it wasn't a reboot right this is like a soft the softest reboot possible yet still like a sequel and i thought that this should be the blueprint of how you pay proper respects to like an old franchise great Without, like, you know, either just completely ripping it off, or um, just taking the concept and really just um, uh, not utilizing what makes it great. Like, what makes Ghostbusters great is it's dumb. It's like such a stupid, like, concept, and you add in, you know, um, just such completely different characters all coming together for one common goal, like people who just probably shouldn't have any business being together. So you get like this buddy cop sort of deal, except it's a big group and it works. It works. You know, like um, you get charismatic, uh, funny guys, like someone like a Bill Murray. Right. And then you've got like um, Dan Aykroyd, who's kind of the more realistic one. And like kind of the list goes on, just like how they, they can hit all the um, like the different boxes. Now I thought they did a really good job just mixing the new with the old. Um, there, there were a lot of moments where you point at the screen and go like, "Oh, they did it!" You know, yeah. it's like, "Oh my god!" It's like, um, "This is exactly what we wanted," and it wasn't in like a way where it's total fan service in like a cheap way. We're like, "Oh, look, like uh, the Ghostbusters thing." Uh, there was one thing that was kind of like that, but again, very few, um, I like this movie a lot, uh, the good, bad, watchable scale. I gave this a good, but my overall rating is a little less than that. Um, cause you know, we, we have to be fair. Um, some of the jokes just didn't land and that's okay. And, um, You know what? It felt so long. It was not paced well. This movie felt like it was just going on and on and on, kind of like my current rant. It just won't end. Uh, It felt like a three-hour movie. Um, So that's kind of my complaint. Other than that, I mean this was this was just a good job. This is what I expected. It's what I hoped it would be. Yeah. So mission accomplished.
1: I think you pointed out some good points that it does do the right blueprint for future or this style of movies. Like, you know, pay the homage, do your own story. Pay the homage.
2: Hum- yep, oh, there it is. Homage.
1: No way, that one was for Cookie Rojas. So Oh
3: So you have
1: to you have to do all that. And I think that they were doing it, and there was a nice little bow. And again, we ripped <laughs> it open like a child on Christmas morning. Um, but this 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 movie I thought Um, to me, the IMAX experience, man, I know we're spoiled with it, but there's something about it. When those, when, when the blasters go off my sheet, my, my my seat shook, not my sheet shook, (laughs) um, my seat shook. And I just felt that, that I I love that aspect. I just, you, I mean, I grew up watching the Ghostbusters movies, like on my TV. So to be in a theater where just like you're just the the, the lights are just so bright and the plasma and it just is loud and you're just like whoa i don't it's just it's a lot to take in um i do agree mark that i think that there's definitely parts of it that maybe stretched a little too long but i still felt to me it did have okay flow to it it did there were just the points in the movie i felt that i would like adjust my seat adjust my like position in my seat and then check the watch real quick. So I yeah. do understand. You're right. There are so parts was, that you're
3: like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, get, get to it. It's like, we, we know what's going on here. Yeah. Why we know what you're still getting at? around. Yeah. And so yeah. that was, that was my biggest complaint. And it's still not even that bad. Um, yeah. also, like you said, like growing up, I mean, this for me, at least this is probably the, like the number one, um, uh, movie, uh, theme song of all time. Uh, I love this theme song. It's it's kind of and it always brings back all like the memories. Like everyone knows who the Ghostbusters are, right? It's one of the most so iconic it's,
2: it's movie lo- logos of all time.
3: Yeah, it's like when you see it and like it, all the iconic lines, right? Like who are you gonna call? And like everyone knows that like that kind of thing. It's like um, it just immediately triggers a good memory, right? Yeah, and I was worried that it was like, what if they just you know like that um, the the reboot from like 2016 that no one talks about because it was just so bad. Like you're worried that something like that can happen. With this and ladies and gentlemen, to the dozens and dozens listening at home, this movie's good. Go see it. Like they, they did a great yes. job. You can go with your parents because they'll remember it the original ghostbusters and the good times they had and you can bring kids there's a little bit of profanity but this is definitely like a fun like kind of preteen family movie in my opinion i'd see it again totally i i i think that yeah yeah that's a good
1: point mark i think like you said they hit every age really like you really i mean it's pg13 you're technically not supposed to see it if you're younger but i think you could you know i i think like there's just parts as a young kid, you probably won't even know, but this is like preteen family style movie still brings in a couple of the scares. Uh, you know, there could have been some like little scary parts, but I'm waiting for ghostbusters. to almost take like that turn now. Like I want scary ghostbusters. I don't know about you, Mark. Like I almost want,
3: no, no, I I want to stay the way it is like the scariest part about ghostbusters should just be, um, a massive, that's fair. Um, stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Like, it should be like that's minimally true. spooky. But, that's like, fair. Spooky. That's fair. Yeah. Like, remember who you are. Like, you're, remember you're, what, you're, what it is. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Stay, stay true to the premise. Let's do our ratings because up stars. I was thinking about this long and hard, but I couldn't give it four stars. Um, it was. Again, you guys know that I really like this movie, but it is what it is. It's a 7 out of 10. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can still be good and be a 7 out of 10. But this is a 7.
1: Now, I, Mark, as someone who just saw it, I think I know what you mean. Because, like, right now, walking out of that movie, I was like, that's an 8. That was fun. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but I can see how probably in a couple of days when it when it when that like ooh, that rush of the movie finally will settle for me, I'll be like, yeah, you're right. It's probably a seven. So you know what? On the pod, I'm gonna do my classic seven and a half out of ten, but I will more than likely lower it to a seven. But it felt like an eight when watching it. So I'm all over the board. But yeah, seven and a half out of ten for me.
2: Okay. All right. All right. There we go. I'm hoping to see it. I don't know when I will but I'm hoping to see it. This is Cookie and Kristen and we just saw
0: the harder they fall
4: yeah and uh let's come out of the gate I mean um what'd you think?
0: Wow, I mean you know they it's a genre we're familiar with, but they were <laughs> this director uh, James James Samuel Samuel. Uh, uh, his his first directorial his de- directorial debut
4: debut yes
0: and he made it original
4: oh man I think he I think he wrote some of it too but I I think the thing about this is the cast he put together yeah, wow it has some heavy hitters in this wow
0: yeah this is just um, I mean royalty the, uh, yeah. of the black community I mean, you've of got, actors. He just,
4: And you've got Regina King, Jonathan uh, Majors, um, Uh, Lakeith LaKeith Stanfield. I mean, Uh, mean, uh, Uh, what's her name, Zazie? Yeah. Yeah. She's in it, too. I mean, it's a Western. I grew up with Westerns. It's like a
0: spaghetti Western. Yes. Kind of like an
4: homage (laughs) to a spaghetti Western. There's a lot of blood. uh, The music. The music was music, great. Music, excellent. Yeah, the 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 way it was, the shots, the yes, angles, yes, um, the colors, the vibrancy. Yeah, it was like a beautiful, like um, just tablet of color. Things you don't see typically in a western. And usually it's mosaic. dusty. Yeah, you know. Was, I mean, was, just yeah.
0: incredible. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, took a western in places that no one's ever really yeah. done.
4: And you know Sorry. what the big thing about this was okay you have you know it's a spoiler you have one scene where you see that it's you know an all black cast in a white setting but this movie is not about yeah like race it is yeah. just straight up a story
0: yeah. of
4: these gangs going at each other and that's it
0: real people who real existed real characters
4: real real people that existed yes
0: that existed right. not necessarily the storylines right. but right. mm-hmm. but they did exist yep. and uh, you know it's good kind of interesting to get you know right. them there due because I mean probably mm-hmm. criminals yeah but <laughs> but
4: it's also a very stylish movie you could tell this director did music videos and um it's just a very good movie I'm going to give very, this movie very a well seven done.
0: and <laughs> spoiler alert <clears throat> One of the uh, producers oh, is he a producer? Sean Carter. Sean, yeah, Carter. Sean Carter.
4: Yeah. So, so look it up, kiddos. Yeah, look it up. <clears throat> but I'm sure you guys are all.
0: Yeah, you all know. You know.
4: Anyway, I'm going to give this movie seven and a half. Um, it was I mean, for me a movie has to be like the Revenant. You know what I mean? To be a ten or a nine.
0: I don't know. I'm thinking eight.
4: An eight? Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, I just I'll think about And, it. and you know what? The acting. They're believable.
4: Eh, Yeah. I I just don't think that they were. The reason I'm giving it a seven and a half is because when you see a movie like The Revenant, the amount of energy and effort they put into making them look like of the time.
0: Mm.
4: Lousy teeth, bad skins. You can just tell. That's why I give it a seven and a half. Because this isn't. While it's playing a time period, it's not committing a hundred percent to the time for authenticity, et cetera. It's it's great. It's a fun movie. It's a good movie, but it's not like really committing.
0: You know what I mean? And and I would I would counter with, and we've gone on way too long, but I would counter with, I think that was done on purpose Mm. to make it a little prettier.
4: True. It's, okay. stylish. it's a stylish it is, movie. It's a
0: stylish yeah. movie, and, mm. and it just wouldn't play into it right. with people. Right. With, I mean, right. you know, Jonathan Majors' beard was scraggly, mm. so he wasn't that... True, but but I mean... You know, like, I just, I think the whole... Mary's teeth are perfect. Yeah, I just think you the whole I mean? kind of theme of it Trudy's was, perfect. Was this yeah. vibrancy of... Yeah. Character, color, yeah. and okay. people. So, I'm still
4: staying with seven and a half. You're okay. going with an eight.
0: Yeah, I think so.
4: Okay. All right. See you. Right, bye. Bye.